Welcome to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone. It's been quite a while since I've recorded a podcast, so I hope that everyone is doing well. Part of the reason why you haven't heard from me is really twofold. One, we had several things come up as a family that we had to make decisions on, such as our year in 2021, I think literally from April until the very end of December, my kids and myself were sick pretty much nonstop. I think that we got a good week here and there. I'm talking COVID, RSV, the flu multiple times. So ultimately, we had some decisions to make uh, as far as keeping the kids in daycare, which they only went two days a week. But still, it as you know, for those of you that are parents, you know that sending your kids to daycare, they're going to get all the things, right? And as the doctors will say, that's good. It's building up their immunity. Uh, but having, you know, eight months out of the year where you're fully sick is just kind of hard. <laughs> so, and then in addition, it was hard on our family because we really weren't seeing a lot of people because, of course, I don't want to get anyone else's kids sick. It's hard to, you know, my mom is immunocompromised, so I don't want to get her sick. Of course, bless her soul, she just wore her mask and she saw us anyway. Um, But she also got sick, you know, multiple times. And that's just, you know, the life of being a grandparent, the life of being a mom. But, you know, at some point, we had to kind of make the decision, like, maybe we can make some changes so that we're not constantly getting sick, we're not constantly being, you know, stuck in our house because we don't want to get anyone else sick. So thankfully, now my kids, um, they get to hang out with four really cool kids in a neighborhood while um, their mom watches my two girls for a few hours for two days. And it's awesome. So I'm here. I'm back at it. There's obviously more to why I haven't been here. The other piece or the other side of the coin is I kind of had to find my way. I had to work through some personal thoughts and limitations that were keeping me stuck. And I've talked about this several times throughout the course of the life of this podcast, but just because I have gone through some trials and tribulations and have figured out how to conquer those doesn't mean that 
I will not ever experience those again. But as you've heard me say before, these experiences that at the time were hard to deal with and frustrating have taught me a lot. They've helped me grow. And over the course of the next several weeks, I'm going to kind of pick out each of the lessons that I've learned from going through, you know, that blah time. And we're in January, going into February. So for those of you that are in the Midwest, you know (laughs) what it's like to feel blah this time of year because it's cold outside. We don't get as much sunshine. It's pretty much gray all the time. So when we do get a sunny day, it's, oh, thank goodness, right? So I'm sure that you could use some inspiration, uh, some pick-me-up during this time that you just kind of feel like you're going through the motions and that's never how life should be. You should always feel grateful and thankful for each day. That doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be every day though, right? That's why I want to talk to you about the learning experiences that I've gone through to hopefully get you back into that grateful and thankful space. Even though it's freezing out for us people that are stuck in the cold and it's sunless <laughs> and gray. All right, enough of the small talk. I should definitely have that tattooed on my arm or something as a reminder because not only does it show up here, it shows up kind of everywhere for me. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I want to talk to you about New Year's resolutions. And the funny thing is, is you're probably rolling your eyes saying, Tara, it's the end of January, okay? Uh, This topic has been done months ago. You're a little late to the party. And yes, I agree with you, but the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because what happens at the end of January is kind of this guilt-shame spiral of, I fell off bandwagon, I didn't meet my goals, I only achieved them for a few weeks, and now I'm in this blah mode, and I need to get back into it. Is it even worth it to pursue my 2022 goals? And I'm here to tell you that it is, but I'm also here to tell you, let's do it a different way. The reason why I wanted to talk to you about this today is because it's been reaffirmed with my clients. It's been reaffirmed in a class that I just recently taught at my church. And the affirmation that I received is this blanket statement that happiness is a thing of the past. I'm going to state that one more time for you. Happiness is a thing of the past. And because it's a thing of the past, it's not obtainable. Why? Because I'm an adult. I have adult responsibilities. I have to go to a job that I don't love. It's it's okay. Or maybe you have to go to a job that you can't stand and you want to walk out and quit every day. Maybe you love your job. 
(laughs) But maybe your kids are in a million different sports and you're running from here to there and you feel like you can't breathe and you don't have any time for yourself. Maybe for you, the bills are too much. It's getting to be the forefront of your responsibilities. At the end of the day, we all have them. Responsibilities, they don't go away. It is what it is. Those are our circumstances. But that doesn't mean that we can't be happy even when the circumstances aren't ideal, aren't exactly what we wanted them to be. That's why I wanted to bring this up. What about thinking back to the past, thinking back to the old you when you were happy? And that's when, again, the objection of, well, yeah, I was happy. I didn't have the responsibilities that I do now. The fact of the matter is that might be true, but there were times back then when if I were to ask you if you were happy, right, if that's obtainable, you'd probably tell me, yes, but this is what I have going on and this is why it's hard. It's hard right now. That I think is true for us at all times in our lives. We're all going to go through difficult times. We're all going to have thoughts and feelings that are on the negative side. That's normal. That is part of life. So no matter what, you're never going to feel like, oh my gosh, everything is perfect no matter what. Because living here on earth, life was not meant to be perfect. We are meant to go through experiences. We're meant to go through different situations in order to grow, in order to mature, in order to improve. Whenever you go through a situation or a circumstance that is hard or even good, you're going to gain wisdom. You're going to gain knowledge. You may gain skills. You're going to be able to refine things and get better at them over and over again. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, right? Let's get back to the old. Let's get back to the basics because oftentimes we fill our lives up with everything that we feel like we should be doing. I should be doing this. This is what a good mom does. This is what someone in my field, this is how they get promoted. This is how they move forward with their career. What if we get back to the basics? What if we get to the basics of, I am happiest when I do X. And it doesn't have to be this big, grandiose goal. It can be quite simple. I'm happiest when I'm around people. Okay, well, why? Why are you happiest when you're around people? Because I enjoy helping them. I enjoy learning from them. I enjoy getting different perspectives. Okay, well then let's build off of that. I'm happiest when I'm around people. Not only because of that, because I feel that that's when I'm in my natural ability. I'm in the zone. I'm able to operate 
at 100%. I feel like I'm at my best, right? So, well, what are you good at doing? Let's expand it more, you know? So step one, when am I at my happiest? And then step two, let's figure out what at its root makes you happy. And like I said, a really good way to figure that out is to go back and to examine the key ingredients that make you happy. And I wanted to get really granular with it and talk about just my example of people. People make me happy. That's when I'm in my element. That's when I'm doing what I do best. And it feels good when we do things good, right? You feel confident. Who doesn't want to feel confident knowing that you're operating at your best, right? Like who doesn't want to feel success? I don't think anyone would sit there and raise their hand and be like, yeah, that's a not for me. (laughs) I want to feel terrible all the time. No, that's not what the majority or really probably anybody is sitting there thinking or wanting or wishing, right? So get granular with it because that is going to be where the gold is. And then you build off of that. So then I think we're on what, step three? (laughs) Okay, so step number three is a little unconventional, but it's a crucial part in the process because this is going to help you drill down even more. And what I want you to do in step number three is to evaluate your thought process. This might seem a little obscure, you know, what are you talking about, Tara? (laughs) But what I'm referring to is when you ask yourself the question of what makes me happy, you're automatically going to be thinking about things in your current situation, in your current life, such as, I wish my marriage was better. I wish I got that job promotion or I want to work on my marriage so it will get better. I want to achieve all of the goals in my current job so that I can get the career advancement that I'm looking for. I can get the promotion. My kids are doing okay in school. I want them to be doing better. So I will be happy when we're able to get their grades up. So typically what makes us happy when we ask that question whatever we're dealing with currently is going to automatically jump out at you. And you're going to automatically think, if only I were to achieve X, Y, and Z, if only I were at this particular place, then I would be happy. You know, for me, for example, I am in my business a few times a week, coaching calls at night, but the majority of the time it's with my kids. And I love my kids so dearly, but it could be I might not be reaching my fullest potential because I only spend so much time in my business, right? So I could have the idea of, oh, things will get easier once they go to school. I'm just going to wait until then. You know, that's someone in my position may think that, for example. And the reality of it is, I can be happy in my current circumstances, right? 
So I want you to drill down and I want you to think of what actually makes you happy. That's why I want you to take a step into the past. When were you your happiest? You know, was it at the height of your career? You know, why was it um, at the height of your career? Was it because you were confident? Was it because you felt success? Because you felt achievement? I want you to get really granular with it, as I've mentioned many, many times. But you have to filter out, this is the expectations that others have of me. My family should come first when the reality of it is I have other things. I am multifaceted human being. I want to do well in my career. I want to do well as a mom. I want to do well as a wife. You know, so it's important to take away the expectations of what others are expecting of you. This is what the world expects of you. This is the expectation that you have, right? So it's important to take away the shoulds, take away the expectations of those that are closest to you, those of the world. And it's almost impossible to get to the root of what makes you happy at its singular level of my example of people or achievement, something so simple as that, if you don't evaluate your thought process, because your thought process is going to reveal your shoulds, it's going to reveal the expectations, and you have to push past that. You have to push past those surface level things that make you or would make you happy when you get to that point. That's step number three. Now, step number four, you're going to review a list of values. And that is going to be when you're going to select what at its most granular level makes you happy. Okay. And you're going to choose, like for me, achievement is one of them. I need to feel achievement as a mom in my business, in my career. I need to feel achievement as a wife. I need to feel achievement in my health. And if I don't feel my best in those areas, then I get down on myself. I get upset and things are not, I'm not at my best and I'm busy thinking about what I could be doing better. So it's important to define those parameters of, well, what would be a good wife? What would be a good mom? Now, the key to creating these parameters so that it makes sense for your life, not where you want to go, right? Not in the future, the here and the now, is to make sure that you keep the question of when am I happiest, not what others want me to do, not what I should do, but keep that at the forefront. So for example, if family is your number one value, it's the number one that makes you happy. You have to then take your family into consideration, right? It's not just about you, (laughs) but you show up best for your family and you're happiest when you do X, Y, and Z. 
And in addition, my husband or my wife shows up best when they do X, Y, and Z. We're most in sync as a family when we do these things. So you have to look at that sweet spot because what makes you happy may not make your spouse happy. So when you're creating these parameters of this is what I want to do to feel happy as a family, to feel like I'm achieving something as a family, for example, you do have to take those things into consideration. So always keep that in mind. In order to put it into context, I am going to give you an example of what my core values are. And at the time, I went through this exercise years ago, and it helped me really set my priorities straight. Now, I don't have to have that reminder because it's just part of who I am. And ultimately, it's always been part of who I've always been. I just never sat down to iron it out, never sat down to really think about what makes me happy. Because ultimately, as I said at the beginning of this episode, happiness seems so elusive. It seems like it's, you know, not a possibility or it's only a possibility when things happen, you know, like we have to wait for it. We have to wait until uh, it's the right time or whatever it may be. So here are my values. Relationships, achievement, independence, and security. So I talked about parameters earlier. What I mean by that is in order for me to be happy, I need to put and have time for my relationships. And that means specifically the people that I love and care about the most. So my close friends, my husband, my in-laws, my mom and dad, those are the people that mean the world to me. Now, as my life has changed, I actually have added that to serving at church. That is also a part of my relationships, being belonging in a group. So as life changes, you know, you may add or subtract that. But ultimately, I need to have people and relationships in my life to make me happy. My second core value is achievement. Now, specifically, what does achievement mean to me? It means that I feel overall successful in my physical and mental health, that I'm feeling successful in my career, I'm feeling successful as a wife and a mom. So those are the areas that I need to feel like I'm at my best in order to be happy. So achievement's very important to me but specifically in those areas. So see how I kind of broke it down? Now, the next core value that I have is independence. I've realized that I'm an only child. (laughs) I mean, that's something I've always known, and that's pretty darn obvious given I'm just one, right? But what I mean by that is I've always had designated me time. And me time is something that I've actually lost when I was burned out. I was nonstop working and then I would go from work to home and watch a little TV, spend time with my husband, but there was just nothing that I actually did for myself 
that I enjoyed. So when I was burned out and I was working nonstop, I didn't have any me time. I didn't prioritize it. And of course, I wasn't happy. And then once we started to have kids, me time became this elusive, oh, I wish I had it. I'll have it when they get older. And that's, of course, when I realized along the way that that's not true. I have circumstances just like everybody else. And in order for me to be happy, in order for me to be at my best, to show up for the people I love and care about, I need some me time. So that is what I value and I'm going to create time and space for that. My last value is security. And what I mean by security is I want to feel like I can live comfortably and sensibly. I do not want to feel like I'm worried all the time over money. Just don't. I don't think anybody does, right? But that's why it's important to me, not because I'm superficial. It's just in order for me to be at my happiest, in order for me to thrive, in order for my family to thrive, it's important that I incorporate things into my life that make me happy, re-energize me, replenish me, and also maintain a life that is decreased of worry, anxiety, and stress. And that's why I have this combination of values. So ultimately, the goal of selecting your values and then defining what it means to you personally Because as we've talked about, achievement could be something totally different for you, for the person next to you, and so forth. Same with relationships. What I define as a good relationship may be different than what you define as a good relationship. And therefore, it's important to get specific and set these parameters or these guidelines so that you can learn how to infuse that into your life. So I'm going to take it one step further so that you have the full picture of this from start to finish. My value of independence is defined as having me time. And what I mean by me time is having time for myself, both creatively, physically, and things that I like to do. So some activities that I consider are me time are going to get my nails done, are going on a walk, or going on a run, or working out. So those are the things that I really enjoy doing. Me time is also considered journaling. So do you see how I've taken the value of independence and then I defined what it means to me and then I created here's what is going to replenish me. Here's how I can get that me time. So that's what I want you to do with each value is to take it a step further so that you can practically apply it to your life. And in addition, I'm not trying to tell you to add more things to your life. Ultimately, figuring out what makes you happy and incorporating that into your life on a daily basis, which is what this exercise is meant to do, it's going to help you 
declutter your life. So when things do not make sense, when it does not make sense and it doesn't go with your values, it's a compass for you. It's a compass to say, no, that is not something that aligns with what I am trying to do with my life, with my career, with my family, or whatever it may be. Because the way to this happier lifestyle, right? It's not by adding more. It's not by being busy. It's by making time for what matters the most. And if you don't know what matters the most, then you're going to let everyone else fill up your schedule and dictate what matters. And you're going to be doing things that matter for everybody else and not for yourself. That is why determining what makes you happy and then going and making that a part of your life and getting rid of what doesn't serve you, getting rid of things that cause you worry and stress. That is the key to a happier you. And the saying, as I stated at the beginning of happiness is a thing of the past. No, it's not. You have the choice. Your future is in your hands. We all have circumstances. Life happens to all of us. And we're always going to have stress in our lives, right? So it's important to know how to combat that. It's important how to minimize that. It's important to know what matters so that you can focus on those things. And sometimes saying no to things, even though whoever you're saying no to, it may upset them at the moment. It's only going to free up your time to do the things that matter, to do what you love, to be happier. And in addition, sometimes saying no helps open the door to something that God has planned for you that's much greater than you could ever even imagine. So it's okay to say no. In fact, that's one way to make you happier. Trust me. Been there, done that. It's definitely something that I'm always going to struggle with, but it makes it easier knowing what my purpose is. It makes it easier knowing that hey, here are the things that matter and here are the things that don't. So I'm not going to let somebody else dictate my schedule and my life. I'm just not going to do it. And you don't have to do it either. So go check out the exercise in the show notes because by figuring out what your values are, you're definitely going to be happier and you're going to be able to declutter your life and get rid of the things that do not serve you, my friend. I appreciate your time here and I hope that you'll join me next week because I promise you I am going to be dropping in quite a few lessons of what I've learned this past year uh, since you haven't heard from me and I know as since we're into late January, going into February, we're at this time frame right now where we really want to be good with our goals, but it's really hard, right? 
It's really hard to not let that shame or guilt spiral get you. I definitely encourage you to set your goals around the things that make you happy. Set your goals around the things that you enjoy and do best. Okay. That's the key to sticking with it. That's the key to making sure that you're at your best in order to do the hard things, in order to get through the hard times, because that's life, my friends. All right. Until next time, thanks for hanging in there with me today. Have a great week. Lastly, thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode, and I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coachinginfo at burnout, the number two, blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now remember... Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends. And I promise you, you will get to your destination. Until next time.